When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, we're going to have a special guest today to talk a little national college football. Also, get his take on the Texas OU game on Saturday and, and how he saw it from a uh, national perspective. It is the uh, On Three college football editor, uh, Mike Hugeny. Mike joins us today. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good, good. So I talked to you early last week, and you had Oklahoma winning a, a one-score game in this. Looks like you got it right, Oklahoma with a one-score win. Yeah, but the the um, way it finished was, oh, my goodness, mind-blowing, I'm sure, for both fan bases. Obviously, Oklahoma was setting up to, to kick the field goal, and instead Kennedy Brooks must won for a TD. Exceedingly exciting game. And, you know, I'm sure Texas fans don't want to hear that, but I thought Texas played well, especially offensively, did some big time things. Xavier Worthy showed that he's a future All-American. Casey Thompson played extremely well against his dad's old team. But I think, you know, the same thing that, that cost him in the Arkansas game, the Texas defensive line is not very good right now. And I think that's one reason Steve Sarkeesian's the coach. The former staff did not do what it needed to do on the recruiting trail. Uh, but again, it, if you didn't care who won, um, phenomenal football game. Yeah, I, I think back the other person I want to bring up, and you you uh, you mentioned Worthy and, and Thompson both having good games. Bijan Robinson had 100 yards in the first half, but then was extremely limited in the second half. They just couldn't get the running game on track in the second half. And, and that, I think, uh, eventually led to uh, Texas not having much time in possession. Texas finished with only – 24 and a half minutes of possession in that game compared to 35 with, with Oklahoma. Furthermore, B. John Robinson, I think, is setting himself up, not necessarily for a real Heisman run this year, but for one next year. Yeah, uh, and I think, he, again, he is, he is extremely talented, and you're right. The first half, Texas was the better team, and B. John Robinson was the biggest reason to me. Second half, Oklahoma obviously made some adjustments shut down B. John Robinson, and Oklahoma wins the game. So, um, but again, I mean, just a ton of offense. Caleb Williams coming off the bench. Um, you know, I can't imagine a guy going from a preseason Heisman favorite to being benched midseason, but that's where we are with Spencer Rattler. But a lot of good things, Texas offensively. Defensively, though, they, they, there's work to be done. But then you look at the rest of the Big 12, how good is that league? Well, well, this, this week's game, Oklahoma State will be exceedingly interesting because Oklahoma State's a defense first team. But again, it goes back to let's, let's keep feeding Bijan Robinson the ball, and then they beat in that regard. I think they'll they'll beat Oklahoma State if, if Bijan Robinson uh, plays well. Yeah, Texas gets them at home as well. All right, so I, I want to since you're with us, I don't want to just talk Texas OU, even though I, I really appreciate your insights as as you can kind of see it from a larger level, you know, whenever you look at all the games you do nationwide. Um, Alabama and Texas A&M was a, another great game as well. Uh, the uh, uh, Aggies with a stunner in College Station. 
Yeah, my, my, my I presume that if you're a Texas fan, <laughs> it was a bad day Saturday. Yeah. Um, but what's stunning thing, Zach Calzada had been not even mediocre. And then Saturday he throws for 288 and three touchdowns against Alabama. Superb first half. And then he was really bad for the third quarter. Halfway through the fourth quarter, they, they looked dead in the water. And then the last two drives, they scored 10 points and win the game. Um, you know, Alabama has flaws. I did not think that AM would expose them, but they did. Um, and now, you know, an Alabama team that everybody would, okay, they're on the collision course with Georgia. They're going to play at least, they're going to play twice. They'll play in the SEC title game and they'll play in the national title game. Well, now Alabama has zero margin for error. Um, you lose to Georgia now in the SEC title game, you ain't making the playoffs. So um, Alabama is still going to win the West, um, but that is a team that has some flaws. And again, AM sacked Bryce Young four times. Alabama had zero sacks against an offensive line playing two true freshmen. Uh, and again, Zach, Cal- Zach Calzada outplayed Bryce Young. And you could, you could, that that's that's just a mind blowing statement, but he did. Yeah, I, I watched uh, I watched almost all of that game, and I've got to say I was I was perplexed by the play calling from Alabama uh, multiple times. I thought Bill O'Brien first and goal from the three, and they throw right. three straight passes. Yeah, too much emphasis on the pass. I mean, you got Brian Robinson just run left every single time. I mean, yeah. the right side of their offensive line has problems, and and we've written about that in on three. The left side though. Evan Neal's yeah. awesome. Javion Cohen's a big-time up-and-coming star. Run left three times in a row with, or four times in a row with Brian Robinson, and you get in the end zone. Yeah, so that Aggie victory is going to push uh, Georgia to number one in the in the rankings. But the other game actually in the SEC that I wanted to mention before we got, go, got going to other, other places was actually the, the heartbreaker for the Razorbacks at Ole Miss. Wow, that, was, that had to be an exciting game as well. That was yeah, that, and that was on opposite uh, of obviously Oklahoma, Texas. So if you're watching both games as I was, you're like, oh my god, this is incredible action! Every, you know, every second seemingly there was something big happening in each game. Uh, I, I thought I thought Pittman was correct in going for the two point conversion. His defense was not stopping Ole Miss, and the Ole Miss defense was not stopping his offense. So why not try to score the two point conversion? I questioned the play call. Um, at the end, but I mean, KJ Jefferson showed a heck of a lot more than I thought he would show. Uh, Matt Corral bounced back nicely. And, and the fact that the Ole Miss running game was so effective, two guys rushed for more than 100, Snoop Connor and Henry Parrish. Um, and they hit some big plays in the passing game. Um, but o- Ole Miss is sort of who we thought they were before the season. They are extremely explosive offensively and extremely bad defensively. Yeah, so that, that, almost forward, sounds, that sounds a lot like what Texas is currently. Well, that's that's true. And so <laughs> every game you got a shot to win because your offense is awesome, but your offense cannot have a bad day because your defense is never going to have a good day. Yeah, I think more and more college football may be trending that direction. You know, yeah. the irony, though, is you talked about Georgia. Georgia is one of those. And, and Iowa, the number one and number two teams in the country are throwback defense first teams. And it'll be interesting to see if they can actually win a title uh, that style. Iowa ain't winning a national title. Um, but Georgia, it's, it's, you know, Kirby Smart is sort of like kept the spread offense at, at arm's length in terms of running his own offense. Um, Going to be interesting to see how, how the season continues to progress. For the gotcha. Defense. You mentioned Iowa-Penn State. That was a game that I was keeping tabs on as well because I think that 
those are the two heavyweights thus far, really, other than um, undefeated, other than Michigan and Michigan State. Um, but uh, Iowa uh, beats Penn State after Penn State loses its quarterback. Is that accurate? Yeah, Sean Clifford went out uh, late midway through the second quarter, and that was it for the Penn State offense. Totally, uh, the word inept comes to mind. If you've seen Wisconsin play this year, you saw the Penn State offense in the second half. They could not complete a pass. No running room because no one respected the pass. Uh, the Iowa defense, four more picks. That gives them 16 through six games. And <laughs> Iowa just hung around, hung around, hung around, and finally won because the Penn State defense just flat wore down. Gotcha. Just the end of the day. Um, Michigan outlasting Nebraska and Lincoln? Yeah, that was Adrian Martinez um, showing a lot of great things and then fumbling at the end of the game to give Michigan the field position for the winning field goal. Um, that's sort of been Adrian Martinez's entire career encapsulated. He plays great. And then he does stuff that makes you scratch your head or as Scott Frost was shown on the sideline, he was literally covering his face with his hands. And that's what, that's what Adrian Martinez does for you. <laughs> he sees one of those. Oh yes, 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 yes. No, no. Right. <laughs> Just, right. It's and in, in the Michigan, had a really good and balanced offensive game. They threw the ball well. They ran the ball well. Their offense is getting more and more well-rounded as the season progresses. Um, the Michigan-Michigan State game is going to be extremely interesting when they play because Michigan State uh, has some explosiveness offensively for the first time in, I don't know, ever. Um, Kenneth Walker is running great, but the, Michigan and Michigan State, I, I don't think either one can beat Ohio State. And if Sean Clifford's back, I don't think either one's as good as Penn State either. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Gotcha. And so, no. Do you know what Clifford's injury is? The extent. No, it, it's a rib, a rib issue. So, and we all know those can linger for a while. Um, but yeah, it is. It you felt bad for the Penn State defense because it's almost like they were on the sideline, knowing we have to, we have to hold tight because we ain't scoring again, and <laughs> and they didn't. Gotcha. Um, you know, I want to talk about. I want to go out west. Um, what what's going on? BYU got beat by Boise. Pretty pretty. Clearly, so, you know, any kind of group of five people other than Cincinnati being in the college football playoff probably is a, is not really that much under consideration now. Uh, but what about the Pac-12? Who's winning that right now? Yeah, I think Arizona State's the best team. Um, last week, Stanford beats Oregon in OT. This past weekend, uh, it was actually on Friday, Arizona State beat Stanford by 18. Um, Arizona State is a physical physical defense. They fly around, they make plays, they pound on you. Offensively, they got a good quarterback in Jaden Daniels, a, a nice two-headed group at running back. No great receiver, but they're competent. Uh, the one game they lost, they lost at BYU. Um, they were called for 16 penalties on the road. And 
you know, 16 fillings on the road, you know, maybe there's a little home cooking there. Um, but I think Arizona State's better than better than Oregon. I think Arizona State's more physical than Oregon. Um, and they don't play in the regular season. Uh, I think we will see them in the Pac-12 title game. But I think Arizona State right now is the best team in the Pac-12. Gotcha. Um, I, I look out at the ACC right now. Matt Brown loses again. Um, and he took a shot at the media for like – Yeah, that's – you know, maybe, maybe, maybe your team was overrated, but you need to coach better there, bud. Um, their defense, it's the same thing every week. They, they cannot stop the run. Um, Florida state is not that good and Florida state beat them, frankly, rather handily that game in the second half truly was never in doubt for Florida state. They ran the ball effectively. Jordan Travis threw three touchdown passes. And if Jordan Travis is throwing three touchdown passes on your defense, you got a bad defense, and that's the problem with North Carolina. Um, were they overrated? Yes. It's, it's not the media's fault they're three and three. That's a coaching issue. Gotcha. So uh, I saw Wake Forest is the only undefeated team left in the league, and they and won. They beat, they beat Syracuse in overtime. Um, and Syracuse, Syracuse scored with like 10 seconds left. They were going to go for two like Sam Pittman did at Arkansas. And then they were called for a delay of game on the two-point conversion, which is, oh, my goodness. And, you know, Wake Forest, they're not a very good defensive team. Uh, Well-coached offensively. Dave Clawson is a really good offensive coach. Sam Hartman's a good quarterback. They run that weird mesh run system, which is it, – it's frankly – it's sort of cool to watch because you're like, my God, they're actually standing there for two seconds and nobody's moving. Uh, but Hartman's good. They got a good receiving core. Um, and yeah, again, Wake Forest, the only unbeaten team in the ACC. All right. Before we close it out, uh, probably the, the, the independent of all college football, uh, Notre Dame, uh, ekes out one against Virginia Tech. Yeah. And that was a game that Virginia Tech, frankly, should have won. They sort of fell apart in the final five minutes. And if you follow Virginia Tech, that's sort of, uh, what they've done during the entire Justin Fuente era. They, they play well for stretches and then do stupid stuff, and then sort of gag it away. Um, Braxton Burmeister, the starting quarterback, got hurt, had to leave. The backup comes on. He gets hurt. Burmeister has to come back in. You know Burmeister can't throw because his shoulder's messed up. Um, so Notre Dame, and that's a weird thing with that game, Jack Cohn starts for Notre Dame at quarterback, gets benched for ineffectiveness. Their backup gets hurt, Dylan Buckner. Cohn comes back and leads two scoring drives in the final five minutes, sort of like Texas A&M for for Notre Dame to get the win. And you look at Notre Dame's remaining schedule, um, not that difficult. This is a team that could be 11-1. and They're going to a New Year's Six game. The question is, which one? You know what's interesting to me? You said that Justin Fuente has that that way maybe of losing those late late games. Likewise, I think Brian Kelly may have a little bit of the luck of the Irish. Oh, yeah. He seems to win those late games. He's got a little – whether that's the way he coaches or the players he has, I'm not sure, but he has a little something extra to him. Yeah, the leprechaun on the shoulder. Yeah, and you're right, though. I mean, Notre Dame could have lost the first game to FSU. They win an OT on a field goal. They could have lost Virginia Tech. They win in the last play of the game on a field goal. Um, and, yeah, I think there is something to be said for con- continually winning close games. Like Oklahoma is another example. They're 6-0. and They played five FBS teams. All five of their games have been one-score games, and they've won them all. all right. So I think that is coaching, and I think it's also a belief in the by the players, and we're going to get this done because we're used to this. We're not phased by 
the atmosphere or the situation. All right. Since we're on, we're on a Texas podcast here, Texas YouTube, I'm going to ask you a big 12 question to kind of close up. And then I want to get your, your top two or three for the Heisman. But the, the big 12 question is right now, who do you see in the championship game outside of Oklahoma? Because I think the Sooners in Oklahoma State probably, or, or what are you thinking? Still, I'm still wondering about, about Iowa State. Um, we talked some about them last week. Still wondering how good they are. Um, but right now, yeah, right now, I think that uh, you're going to see Bedlam twice. Um, though the Texas Oklahoma State game this week is going to have a huge impact on the Big 12 race. So I know Texas players evidently were saying, hey, we can see these guys again. Um, and I think that's a distinct possibility. But right now, yeah, I think I would go Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I can see Texas playing. If Texas gets by Oklahoma State, the issue with Texas is, and I'm just saying this, they can score points. Yes. And and if you can score points, you're going to be in every game. Every game. They're yep. gonna have to, they're gonna have to stop the run and find some medicine for what, what ails them and, right now. And I think if you play Iowa State, that means okay, we got to stop Breeze Hall. And I think Iowa State's poor start has made people forget Brees Hall's still having a really good year. Um, and when you when you play Iowa State, that's the number one concern. Can we stop this guy? And Iowa did a pretty good job of that. Nobody else has. Yeah, K-State runs the ball pretty well in this conference, too. Yes. Um, uh, so before I let you go, top two or three for Heisman right now? You know, Bryce Young was my front runner, but he's fallen out. He, he did – again, he was outplayed by Zach Calzada. Um, right now, my number one guy is Kenneth Walker, the running back in Michigan State. The Wake Forest transfer ran for two – I think it was 233 uh, on Saturday against Rutgers. He's, he's around the 900-yard mark. Um, big play guy he ran for a 94 yard touchdown against Rutgers, the longest play in Michigan State history. Um, who would who would I would have second and third right now? That's that's a really good question. Um, you know, we all know Bryce Young is going to going to get back into the picture because it's Alabama. He's a starting quarterback for a team that's going to win a boatload of games. Um, let's see what happens with Bijan Robinson. If Texas can go 10 and two, uh, and Bijan Robinson runs for 14, 1500 yards, he's going to be in the mix. Um, but right now, the, the, the only clear-cut guy to me in top three is Kenneth Walker. Though I will say Drake London, the USC wide receiver, um, you know you know how good he is. Yeah. Um, compare him game by game at this stretch last year to Devontae Smith. He's ahead of Devontae Smith's pace. Yeah. Now, but he's, he has no chance to win because he's on a team that's going to finish it with a losing record. Um, but Drake London's playing phenomenal football. Yeah, he, he is a phenomenal receiver, but I will also say this. The thing about Devontae Smith and his numbers that, that always just shocked me is, I mean, he shared the ball with some legit yes. news. I mean, with, yeah, with Najee Harris. Harris. <laughs> yes. I mean, that Drake London is it. You know, so when they're scoring, when USC, what did they score on Saturday? Like Only, only 21. Yeah. Because they, they can't run the ball. Uh, and London only had one TD catch, only one. But I mean, he's he's still he caught sixteen passes. Yeah, that's third game point. this year. Third game this year with at least twelve receptions. Wow. So. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Mike. Uh, thanks for joining on Texas football. Uh, you can get more of Mike's stuff at on3.com. Uh, Mike is our national college football editor. Has writers like my uh, not only like himself, uh, but also Ivan Mazel, Eric Prisbel, Matt Zenitz, uh, and a host of other guys uh, working with us uh, there. Uh, as for this podcast and video cast, uh, obviously subscribe to us on YouTube. Do us that favor. We're trying to get over a thousand subscribers at this point, which would be great. I think we're in the 980 range as of uh, this taping. Uh, and then also 
Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts on On Texas Football. Mike, once again, thanks a bunch and have a good Enjoyed week. Enjoyed it, man. All right. Thanks. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.